Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeff Cohn, host of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders across the country. I'm really excited to dive deep today in the topic of recruiting. The first Thursday of every month, we introduce a high-level topic that's going to be pertinent to your growth and scalability in your marketplace. And in the month of April, we're going to be going over recruiting. If you haven't checked out everything that Elite Real Estate Systems has to offer, be sure to go out and visit growwithers.com. We also have upcoming events that you're going to want to take advantage of, including the Team Building Summit this summer in May. So again, go out to growwithers.com and learn more. So when it comes to the topic of recruiting, of course, one would have to have the desire and intention to build and scale a real estate business. Of course, a real estate team could just be one agent and an admin person, or it could be a hundred agent team. It really is up to you as to how big you want to go. And one of the biggest dysfunction that, dysfunctions that I've seen when people are considering growing or scaling a team is that they wait to hire their next person because they feel like the foundation isn't ready. And while that's probably true, you'll never be ready. You're always going to be growing. You're always going to be changing. You're always going to be shifting because the market changes and the market shifts. And as we look at what's happened just in the last 18 months, we're obviously now responding to a shifting market that went from a seller's market uh, more to a neutral market caused by many things, including uh, inflation as well as rising interest rates. So what kind of agents should we hire? When should we hire? What should we pay them? What should the splits look like? What should the office space be like? What are the best strategies to go about bringing agents into the office to talk to them about the opportunities that you have to offer? How do you compete today? How do you offer value? What kind of culture do you want to create? What kind of leads do you want to be able to provide to the agents that are inside of your world? What kind of technology are you going to make available to them? There's lots of questions that agents want answers to. So I'm going to unpack that for the next 10 or 15 minutes and share some ideas, some pearls uh, that I think would be applicable to anyone and everyone wanting to build and scale a team in their marketplace. So first and foremost, who are the best people to go after? Well, first, you need to define what is your avatar? What exactly are you looking for? Who do you think you can best lead? Who can you best inspire? Who can you best hold accountable and train? Who wants to grow inside your world? Um, We oftentimes talk about having three types of agents. You have a dependent agent, which is someone brand new to the industry. You have an interdependent agent, which is someone that's a little bit more seasoned, but they aren't ready to just be off on their own. And then you have an independent agent, which they could literally be on an island and they can go sell and they don't need handheld. They don't need your constant direction and support. And so figuring out, is your team one that's going to support all three of those types or maybe one of those types or two of the three? And so once you know what kind of agent you're looking for, then you can be more cognizant. So if you know you want dependent, you're probably not looking for an agent that does 20 million a year. You might be looking for an agent that's done less than 36 career transactions or someone that produces year after year less than $3 million in sales volume. So once you've defined that, you can easily look up all of the agents that fit that avatar. Um, Unit sales, production, all of that should be able to be found um, from from multiple 
places, including your multiple listing service. Um, you can look at every sale that's taken place and sort by agents. You can sort by number of units. You can sort by volume, and that will give you the agent pool that you want to go after. Um, one of the best ways for us of staying in front of agents from outside of our world is to reach out to agents after every transaction as a success manager, team leader, admin, virtual assistant, and thank the agent on the other side of the transaction and ask them for feedback. Now, while you are obviously caring that your agent that did the transaction did a good job, this also gives the team leader or success manager or the recruiter a quick opportunity to introduce themselves to an agent that maybe they've never spoken to before. And while they're giving the kudos to the agent from the other side and thanking them for doing such a great job to put that deal together, they're also opening a door of communication, which might allow them to invite that individual to an upcoming team event, an upcoming team meeting, a training, a one-on-one -on -one in private, whatever they feel from that conversation that agent would need the most. Another place that we've had a lot of success in recruiting is having the agents do this themselves. So of course, agents inside of our world know that we wanna grow our world and the more agents that we add to our real estate team and or brokerage, the more value we're then going to be able to offer to the agent and the more value the agent then will be able to offer to the client that they serve. And one of the biggest dysfunctions or urban legends or myths is that the more agents that come into your world, then the less value you would have to offer to each agent and or the less resources to offer to the client which it's actually the reverse. So the more agents we can bring into our world, the better for our agents. So you need to make sure your agents know there is a value add. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of brokerages today that have done a good job at compensating agents when they bring people in. Of course, if you have someone building a team within your team or a team within your brokerage, the compensation is gonna come directly from the sales of that person. But oftentimes you're probably not set up to compensate um, to have agents, I'm sorry, to have teams within your team or you'll have people that wanna bring people into your team but they don't wanna to have to hold that person accountable or have them on their team, so how do you compensate them? For quite a while, we would simply give them a bonus on the, that agent that they brought in's first four transactions. So it could be $1,000, it could be $3,000, whatever number makes sense, based on how much money you make on average per person inside of your world. For us in Omaha, Nebraska, for about 10 years consecutively, it was $1,000, and each agent that would bring someone in would get $250 per sale on the first four sales. And I like breaking that up especially because they might bring someone in that never sells a house. So why pay a bonus to somebody out of your pocket if the person never sells? So all of those sales bonuses that you pay should come directly from the agent's commission dollars that that, that other agent has brought in to your world. So teaching your agents to be recruiters for you. Another great source is the vendors that work with you. There's no better person other than agents who's constantly in front of real estate agents than vendors. You have a home inspection company, home warranty company, mortgage company, title company, insurance company. I think about 30 different entities will talk to the agent and or the client throughout a real estate transaction. Go to those different companies and ask them not only to refer buyers and sellers to you, more importantly, to refer agents to you. And one of the points I always like to make, just like an investment property that can net you, let's say $20,000 a year, a realtor that works on your team is no different. Um, there's a lot of great books out there that speak to this. The one that comes to mind for me, I think it was in Freakonomics, and it talks about the value of a lifelong relationship with a client. And I think it, it uses Starbucks as a case study. And they said that Starbucks figured out that one client that consistently uses Starbucks over their lifetime nets them, I'm going to throw an arbitrary number, I don't remember what it was, but let's say it's $40,000 over the lifetime of that client. Well, your clients have the same relationship when you ask for referral business, it's the same thing. 
So we usually will only help someone buy or sell a house once every 11 years. So it's not about them buying and selling with us. It's about them referring to us and building that relationship to get referrals. Well, when you get recruits, when you add an agent to your team, there's that same residual income. What's the value of that agent? For quite some time, our real estate team netted around $20,000 a year per agent. And an agent would stay on our team on average for three years. So the value of a recruit was $60,000. That's a lot of money. That's a top. You think about going out and trying to get your next sale and make an $8,000 commission or go recruit one person and make 60000 which one would you rather be focused on? And obviously the answer is both if you're in production. So working with, um, obviously working with our agents to incentivize them to go out and recruit people into your world, creating a world big enough where your agents can recruit to their own team within your team and or their own team within your brokerage, and then working with your vendors um, the other place that we've had a lot of success is by creating a landing page for recruits where they can go to like an FAQ page and get a bunch of answers so they don't have to talk to a recruiter. Because if you're an agent listening to this right now, I know you are annoyed when someone calls you and says, hey, I just want to talk about how happy you are at your current brokerage and want to share an opportunity with you. And we all get sick of that. But we might be kind of interested in what the cool guys are doing across the street. So give a potential recruit a place they can go to have some simple questions answered without them having to meet with the recruiter. And then that might get them to want to reach out to the recruiter. We actually built our recruiting landing page in within ClickFunnels and it's $99 a month and you can have up to 10 landing pages if you want to create different types of landing pages for different purposes. If anyone wants to check out what ours looks like, go to career.kwelite.com and you'll be able to see we have a little video of our office and we have all, we have a 40 question FAQ, which we went out, actually, I went out and created 40 different questions and answered all those questions on video. And they all have subtitles as well, or you can just read the bio. And so we answer the most compelling questions that people would ask us about our brokerage. One of the things that's really awesome is we provide all of our agents with a G Suite account, and we can actually manage their email signatures on the G Suite. So at any given time, I can go into all the signatures and I could say, I could create a link that says career opportunities. And then if someone clicks on it, it takes them to that landing page. Of course, if you go out to our website, it also lives on the website under career opportunities. Um, we even have embedded a link inside of all of our dot loops. Every time we send out a loop for a contract on the buy or list side, and we're in the middle of negotiating with someone from outside of our network, it has a little banner that says career opportunities that somebody can click on. And again, it takes them to the ClickFunnel page. And then there's contact information on the ClickFunnel page to reach out to the recruiter that's inside of our world. So lots of really unique ways to go about finding potential agents, your avatars, and bring them into your world. Um, there's a lot of ways to meet with people. Of course, you look at the seven levels of communication by Michael Mayer. It's a great book if you haven't read it. The least influential way to communicate to somebody is email. So the goal, if you were to do an email blast, is simply to get somebody to respond to the email. You're going to have a very low percentage if you just do an email blast saying, hey, I have opportunities at my office. So does everybody else. That's not special. So what is something that is compelling that would get somebody excited about coming in? We love offering workshops. So our coaching arm, Elite Real Estate Systems, which owns this podcast, it does a workshop almost every other month. The same workshop I talk about on the podcast, we invite all of the recruits to. And of course, I cover that cost for them. Um, it's a 500, it's, I think it's $500 to come out to the workshop. They get to come for free, makes them feel special. But then it's just across the street. They don't have to fly here because we're recruiting agents in our own marketplace. And they get to see that we're influential nationally. They get to see a high level team leader coaching platform as well as our investor coaching. 
and it's a, it's a huge win. Shameless plug, we do have a lot of events coming up. Again, I mentioned this earlier on in the episode. Go to growwithers.com, click on events, and you'll get to see all of our upcoming events that we're offering in Omaha, Nebraska. Hi, I'm Jeff Cohn, host of the Team Building Podcast and founder of Elite Real Estate Systems. We've been using Dotloop for almost 10 years and taking advantage of the Dotloop for Teams and Showing Time Plus platforms. We're really excited about all of the innovative products that Dotloop's going to be rolling out. To find out more about that, go to growwithers.com and click on tools. So um, in addition to all of this, a, a big question is, when people do come into an event and or they come to meet at coffee or they come to meet one-on-one at the office or whatever the case might be, what is the best way to screen potential candidates? And I had mentioned earlier, you want to know what your avatar is. You want to make sure you're bringing the right people in your ecosystem based on the value you can offer them, based on the way that they want to learn, based on their willingness to be held accountable, depending on how accountable you like to hold your agents. Um, you might recruit based on a person that wants to take internet leads versus work their sphere versus outbound prospecting. And one of the best ways we found to screen someone to determine what kind of a person they are and how to communicate with them is by having them take the DISC test. And a lot of people have talked about DISC. There's a lot of other ways to inter- or to screen individuals with personality tests. DISC is one we've enjoyed because it's free. If you just Google DISC tests, you'll find tons of tests that are out there. But we have been able to figure out what type of agents are the best fit for different roles. So what we found is buyer's agents, typically the best buyer's agents that will stay in your world the longest, where you can make that $60,000 plus, they'll stay for three years, they'll be consistent, they'll be um, engaged, people will like to engage with them, they'll be personable, is a high IS, IS on the DISC. So ISs typically are the best buyer's agents. Uh, The strongest listing agents and leaders are typically going to be D anythings, D-I-D-S or D-C. And then your best admin staff, if you're using the disk with admin, somebody that is a high ISC is typically going to be best suited to be in an admin role. Um, In addition to the screening using a personality test, we always want to check with a previous broker or team leader and or if they just got into the real estate industry, talking to two or three past employees or past direct reports that they reported to. And the most important thing as you go deep into your screening is you never just take the answers from the people they give you. You ask the people that they give you if they know anyone that knows the candidate. And so once you've called the first person, they'll give you a reference of a second person. And then you ask the second person, do they know anyone that knows the candidate? So if you can make nine calls, it sounds like a lot of time, you can do this via text. You're really just looking for character flaws. You're looking for things in their past that represent a pattern that you is maybe something that's not a good fit for you. But ultimately, you get nine interviews with people they had worked with. They only gave you three of the names. You went and found six additionals without their help. And then you could ask for two or three references of people that don't work with them. And you can do the same thing with that as well. But I feel like that's a really great way to screen is doing DISC, uh, going, I call it three deep with three contacts uh, from their business life. And you could do two to three contacts from their personal life. And then Always, 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 when you hire someone in your organization, it's never a full-time offer. They're always in a experimental phase. I always would call it probation as a joke. 
but I would never bring someone on and say, this is for sure. This is a guarantee. I'd say, I want you to come on for three months and I want you to test it out. I want you, I want to make sure that you think this is a great fit for you. And we want to make sure that we think you're a great fit for us because you'll know within probably 30 days, if the person's a good fit, if you recommend that they go read the one thing and they do this onboarding checklist and they order their business cards and they go get their pictures and they get their Boomtown account optimized and they get their bio turned in and you have all of this on their onboarding checklist and you see them three weeks later and you're like, hey, I haven't seen you around the office. How are you doing with your onboarding checklist? And they look at you like a deer in a headlight and like, well, what do you mean? I thought you were going to reach out about the pictures. We all know this agent and right out of the gate, that person's not going to make it in your world. But if they say, yeah, I already read the one thing and I have my headshot, I sent it to the admin and my bio's done. It's on my Boomtown page and I've been sending my contacts. Like there's a certain, I think, personality type that you're looking for that wants to go gung ho and make it an actual career and not just be a hobby agent. So that's kind of a quick overview. Um, like I had said earlier, all of our high-level team leader calls are on Thursdays, and we're going to go down the rabbit hole. Andy goes into the details of how to actually implement each of these strategies, and he'll have a lot of other strategies that we use when it comes to recruiting. The biggest thing is knowing yourself. A lot of times people don't know themselves, and that's okay. You're always going to be changing. You're always going to be evolving. There's no better time than now. I've gone through lots of agents before launching our brokerage, just as running a real estate team uh, at an indie and then at a national franchise over a course of about 10 years, we probably had over 100 agents and only about 25 were with us when we came over to the new brokerage. So 75% of the agents we had hired had left. Uh, we actually ran an audit and my producer who's sitting here with me today ran the audit for me, Dana. Hey, Dana. And it was really interesting. We did it right when we left Berkshire Hathaway and we left there with 25 agents and there were about 50 agents that had left our team up to that point. And we ran the audit to determine out of everyone that had ever been with us that had left, how many were still even licensed. And then out of the ones that were still licensed, how many had ever produced more than they had produced at their best year with us? And Dana, what was it? I think half weren't licensed any longer. And out of the ones that were still licensed, which was, enough, I guess, 50, out of 50 people, 25 were still licensed. And out of 25 still licensed, I think less than half had ever had a year better than after leaving us. Do you have anything to say on that? Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the validation. <laughs> so I was surprised, honestly. Like, and, and I think I'm never upset. If someone leaves and does better, then that was a good decision that they left. I, I actually am a big believer in supporting people to leave if they think that's the best fit for them. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've shared with individuals, and I would say this in a recruiting meeting, that at any point that that recruit believes that our team is not the best vehicle to help them make the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of energy and assist them in helping to realize their dreams, then they need to find another work opportunity that would do that for them. So anytime someone goes to leave, I try not to take it personal. I know it's not easy to do that, especially if you're a high eye, but it's not personal. People aren't leaving necessarily because they don't like you or they think you did a bad job building a team or they're not getting support or they're not getting leads. They'll say things like that, but that's not the real reason. The real reason usually is they think there's a better opportunity somewhere else. And it might mean they think if they go somewhere else, they don't have to work as hard and they'll get the same results. Or maybe they think they won't have to work as hard and they won't get the same results and they don't care. But the truth of the matter is, if you're not the best fit, then they should go somewhere else. And if you're not the best fit, then they shouldn't stay in your world. Because if they do, then they're going to be um, negative anyways, and they'll become a poison to your entire organization. So uh, don't worry about waiting until everything's perfect. If you already have 10 agents and you're like, I don't know if we should have more, why wouldn't you want more? You'll have to be really introspective and ask yourself, 
Why would I not want to grow? I heard a top agent in our market three or four years ago, I was at a conference speaking and he was speaking with me and people were asking me, me about all of the success of my team and all of our growth. And this individual said, oh, I'm good at, I think he had eight agents at the time. He said, I'm good at eight. I, I really don't want to grow. And I remember that, that sentence in my mind, I don't want to grow. And it just was like alarming to me, like a red flag, red flag. I don't want to grow. I don't want to grow. Why? And so anyone listening right now that thinks, well, I'm good at five agents or 50 agents or 500 agents or 5,000 agents or 50,000 agents, I guarantee Gary Keller doesn't say I don't want to grow with the largest company in North America. He wants to grow. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway wants to grow. They want to add people. Um, any company you can think of, anything that has great value wants to grow. I'm rocking my low dunks today. Nike wants to grow. They already have a huge market. They still want to grow. Everything wants to grow. And if you don't want to grow, to me, that means you don't personally want to grow. You don't want to become the leader that's necessary to provide value to the people that follow you. You don't want to have to put your effort towards the thing that's a higher income producing item. And you're just wanting to be on autopilot. And if that's you, then admit it, own it and move forward. But you might be in a growth opportunity personally so that you can be in a growth opportunity professionally. So that's all I have today to talk on recruiting. Um, I love, rec obviously, recruiting is a huge part of any organization. And it's not just the recruiting of real estate agents. Of course, this is a real estate and team leader podcast. But you need to recruit direct reports. You need to recruit leadership. You need to recruit sales divisions. You need to recruit lead gen divisions. Everything's recruiting. Um, the best, I think that's probably one of the best places for all of us to be putting our time into is finding great talent. That is recruiting. And you should always be paying attention. And I've always shared with individuals that when you meet someone, I never, I always meet someone and I want to, first, I want to help them accomplish something that they need help with in their life. And then I want them to help me accomplish something that I need in my life. And a lot of times people will say, well, I, I want to find someone that's a great fit for insert the thing. I actually try to do the reverse. I'll meet someone and say, Dana is like in the room with me. I think Dana would be a great fit for producing my podcast. Instead of saying, I need a podcast person. Now I start looking for the podcast person. Every person I find, I think what would be a great fit for them? And if that great fit is in my world, awesome. If that great fit is in someone else's world, awesome. And then I'll introduce that individual to the person in which that would be the right fit. 